I'm AJ Bianco, host of Reflect Ed, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My EdTech Life. I'm so excited to be here with you all today on this wonderful Saturday. Hopefully, you guys are already getting your morning started, have that coffee, have that breakfast, or whatever it is that you may be doing, wherever it is you're joining us from around the world. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope, like I said, you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. And I know I'm having a great day this morning because I have... Just an amazing guest, an amazing person, and now just an amazing friend. I mean, it literally, it was just one conversation, and it was just like everything clicked. We just became really great friends, and uh, now I'm just so happy to have Matthew Woods on the show today. Matt, how are you doing? Let us know how are things right now. <laughs> morning, morning, Fonz. Doing good, man. I apologize if I sound a little congested, like I told you um my little man, he was sick earlier in the week, and then he uh, suddenly got me and my wife sick. So I'm starting to obviously kick, um, bounce back, but she's still doing a little rough. So like I said, man, I'm glad to be on here. I've been excited about getting to connect with you again and chat. So yeah, man, appreciate it. Excellent. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate you. And uh, just for our audience members, those of you that are watching us right now, uh, please let us know a little bit more in context, uh, you know, your context in education, what you do. And if you don't mind also adding maybe a little something interesting about yourself that people may not know about. All right. Cool. So like I said, thanks again for having me. Uh, my name's uh, Matthew Woods. Um, I'm, uh, I'm an educator. You know, that's my passion. That's what I do. Um, my career has spanned from being a um, high school uh history teacher. So shout out everybody who's teaching history and social studies, best, best subject ever. Um, like I said, started there, um, history teacher, then I transitioned into administration. So I've been a, a middle school assistant principal, been a high school assistant principal, was a middle school principal. And now I'm actually uh, the director of student support services for the uh, school district um, that I work in. Um, in addition to that, man, you know, I, I've taught at the collegiate level several times. I'm currently adjunct professor uh, with Elizabethtown College. Um, let's see, I've supervised student teachers. Um, I've got a podcast that you know, Leading Out the Woods. Um, also got a, a children's book series that I'm really excited about. We, we finalized the deal um, earlier this week with a code breaker, shout out code breaker, shout out Brian. Um, so I'm excited about that. And um, yeah, man, like, like you can see, like my passions and everything really stem around education and uh, just doing good work. Excellent, man. And and I think that's why we became such great friends. Just to give you a little bit of background on how I, I got to know Matt is, well, obviously through his podcast, because a friend of mine, uh, AJ Bianco, who has a Reflect Ed podcast. So shout out to AJ shout Bianco. Shout out to AJ. Amazing administrator, also doing mm -hmm. some amazing work. And so I got to hear the show that when you were with him and talking about leadership, and I was like, man, who is this guy? Like, I was like, wow, I was just like really taken by that podcast. And then of course I, I had an assignment that I needed to do for a research proposal for one of my courses. And then I was like, Hey, you know, I just put it out there into what the Twitter space and LinkedIn and everything, all of a sudden it's like, Hey man, if you want to, 
you know, meet or you want to talk. And I was like, what? Like, that is so cool. And we had a great conversation and just really brought new insight, seeing things from a different perspective. And really, I was blown away by just the knowledge that you have. Because, again, like I mentioned to you, I was like not coming from the education background, but coming in from, you know, corporate and business. But just to hear you talk, I was like, wow. So, man, I'm just so excited for you to be here. And then that way we can get that our audience members can get to know you a little bit more. We'll talk about your podcast. We'll talk about your book series and all those great projects that you've got coming up. But I just want to get to know and I want our audience members to get to know Matt Woods a little bit more. Who is Matt Woods, where he came from and you know, what inspired Matt Woods to become an educator and just be passionate about education? Gotcha. So, um, man, that's that's a loaded question. That's a good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so just about me, and I think I kind of forgot because you did say tell one random thing about you that people don't know. I think you can see my coffee cup, man. Uh, it's got Spider Man on there. I'm a huge comic nerd, so that's one random thing about me, especially folks that know me. But, um, but yeah, but what inspired me to become an educator? Um, it's it's having folks that saw potential in me seeing things in me that I didn't see in myself. Um, but it would really, it, it's two people really inspire me. The first one is my mom. She, she's an, um, an educator. She was a, a teacher and she's actually a, a administrator as well. And I remember growing up, I was like, I don't want to be an educator. I don't want to be a teacher. I don't, definitely don't want to be a principal because I would see the, the, um, the backside of stuff, you know, a lot of folks, when they go into a profession, you only see what's projected, right, or presented in front of you. But like I would tell people, you know, I saw mom staying up late doing lesson plans. I saw her staying up grading papers. I would see her calling, calling parents. Um, I would see her, you know, she transitioned administration, calling other um, teachers and doing different things. And, you know, and I working late at the football games. And I was just like, I don't want that. You know, I was like, I, that's that's just not me. And um so I think it was maybe my junior year of high school. It had to have been, yeah, my sophomore junior year of high school. We were in Walmart one day and um, this, this, this uh, woman came up and she kind of did a double take looking at me and my mom and, and she just shouted out. She's like, oh my God, Mrs. Woods. Now for folks that know my mom, like back in the day, she was Miss Woods, but then, you know, my parents split. She changed her name back to Powell. So when someone says Mrs. Woods, you taking it, you know, way, way, way back. Right. So mom turned around and I hope she doesn't get mad. I'm telling the secret. My mom got a thing is if she don't remember your name, she'll be like, hey, bud or hey, honey. So when she hit would hit the woman with the hey, honey, I was like, all right, mom, mom forgot this, forgot this poor woman's name. But from there, just the look in the lady's eyes, like talking to my mom, I was like, you don't realize how you changed my life. You were like the best teacher I ever had. You saw something in me, da da da, and and it was, it was surreal because, obviously that's how I think about my mom because I have a great relationship with her, but seeing someone else say that about my mom and having and just the look, I, I never forget the the look this lady had, and then of course she wanted to introduce her child to mom, and you know mom said, oh my god, thank you, blah blah blah. And then I remember, you know, then mom was like, hey, what cereal do you want? Da, da, da. You know, she just kind of went back to her. But I remember I just kind of sat there and that's what really sparked my curiosity to go into education. Because I, in my head, I was like, you know, if I can make the impact, one impact like my mom had on 
on on that lady, that that would mean everything to me. So then fast track a little bit into college with the best teachers I ever had, Dr. Marianne Norman. Shout out Dr. Norman if you're listening to this. Um, she was the, the head of the education department at Farham College. And she always, you know, we talk about pouring into somebody, investing into somebody. She always saw something in me. And even when I wanted to give up on myself or say, hey, I don't think education is really my thing. Um, she, she would always like, it, it was always a quick comeback. Like, what are you thinking? That's stupid. Why, why would you say that, Matt? Honey, you're gonna be all right. No, no, you've got a lot to give. And like I said, those are the two people that really inspired me and really kind of set me on the course I'm on today. Man, that is amazing. You know, and that's such a wonderful story because I think like that, what your mom went through, what you witnessed your mom go through when somebody comes up to you. I mean, I've always said, and, and again, not being, not going through the College of Education, but I, I kind of knew that once I went into education, I said, you know, I'm not going to see the fruits of my labor to many, many years, you know, down the road because I'm just right now just planting that seed. And, you know, I've had that situation where I've had students that I'll run into and they're like, hey, Mr. Mendoza and everything. And when I get to see them and see how well they're doing and then they tell me their stories, their successes and all of those things, man, that just just makes you feel great. And you feel like, wow, you've made a difference. You know, one person at a time you you had you know, just that seed right there. You saw that fruit and that's really inspiring, man. And, and I think also, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say um, on top of that too, like you said, you know, unfortunately a lot of times all of us, right. We're, we're used to instant gratification, mm -hmm. right? Like we, we want it to happen. You know, if you think about, if you have a job, you get paid either most of the time every two weeks or every month, that's instant gratification or, instant response to the work that you just did in education is very di different because like you said, we're investing in young people and you, you know, you, you're setting them on the course, right. For the route, but you don't really see the end, end game, right. You, you, mm -hmm. you, you know that, Hey, if you kind of follow this route, if you just take some of these nuggets I'm getting you, giving you, you're able to make your own decisions but you're going to have a higher probability of making some positive ones compared to some negative ones. And like you said, it's it's one of those things that I think for a lot of folks who get into education, sometimes that message isn't very clear because once again, we're used to something happen instantaneously. Like, you know, if I do this, I should see the effect of it immediately. And, you know, our profession really isn't set up that way. Yeah. And I agree with you. And, and to add to that, I wanted to, you know, what your uh, professor said, Dr. Norman, talking about pouring into people and building relationships, I think to me, that's one of the things that it has or was or has always been one of the most important things that before I am going to teach somebody something, before I'm going to share something, is to really build that rapport. And you have those students that you're pouring yourself into, and that makes a world of a difference within your classroom. You're investing that time that you build up their confidence. You build up that, you know, psychological safety within there, that trust, that bond. And that can alleviate a lot of issues, you know, throughout the year as far as behavioral issues or expectations, things of that sort. But most importantly, it's just that relationship aspect. And I, I love that. That's something that's very important that I feel sometimes can get a little lost, you know, because we have mm -hmm. to you know, teach the curriculum. We have to make sure we cover this. We have to make sure we cover that, that we lose sight, that we are in the people business. 
we really are. And I think that's one of the things that has really helped me bring bringing that in from my marketing background is relationships, 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 customer service and all that. So that's from really sound advice from Dr. Norman right there, Matt. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, if you think about it and like you said, because, you know, like you said, your your background coming into education is, is different than a traditional educator. Right. But you understand the value of customer service and and listening to the consumer. Right. And a lot of times in education, um, we don't really do a good job of that. Right. And what I mean by that is if we're in the business of teaching kids, that should be one of the number one or the number one voice that we listen to. Like what exactly are they perceiving of us? You know, like we know the curriculum, we know what they need to get, but we really need to to tap into their authentic voices to kind of hear like, what are they going through? Like, what are their perceptions? Why is this not sticking the way we would expect it to, right? Because at the end of the day, it's cool that we know what we're talking about, but it's really more important that the kid shows mastery of the content, that they're picking up on these different cues that we're trying trying to get. And like you said, it, it stems from relationships because one thing that I do with a lot of different folks that I work with, um, I always ask them, hey, look, when you think about your favorite educator, right? Your favorite teacher, whoever, chat in school. Like, just think about them. Who were they? And then why? And the why is always the same thing. How they made you feel. Building relationships, what they did. It, it wasn't the content, right? Because I tell people, you had a lot of math teachers, you had a lot of history teachers, science teachers, et cetera. It was the way they made you feel and that connection that you had. And then from there, you bought into whatever they were talking about, right? I, I had a, um, a, uh, a teacher that I had the pleasure of um, working with like back in the day when I was like, like a newbie in administration, right? So, so this lady had like ample amount of years on me. So I used to just be a sponge, like walking her classroom, soaking stuff up. And what used to always trip me out was I'd have these other teachers doing all this innovative stuff, differentiating, you know, all that stuff. And this other teacher was really kind of old school, right? So if you just walked in and you didn't know what was going on, you would automatically ding that teacher and say, hey, like, yo, you need to be using your smart board. Hey, why are we seeing these um, manipulatives being used? You know, all this different stuff. But the thing that I remember that it really grounded me and showed me was when I started paying attention to how much she just listened to her students. And how much she invested that first two weeks, two weeks of school. You know, a lot of times we talk about the first day, first couple of days, maybe the first week. The first two weeks, she was all about learning names, building relationships, what they like, what they didn't, what they didn't like, um, what's going on um, in your neighborhood. You know, like, what can I do to help you? Just caring about the person. And then the kids were hooked and then everything else kind of set its core. So I go in there and be like, man, like, how, but when you saw the foundation of what she did. So to me, I used to always say that right there is an instructional strategy. That's a foundation of instruction. Like building that relationship will save you on the back end and it'll allow kids to run through that wall when they get frustrated and they might say, man, this is really dull today. Like, do we really got to do this? But you know what? I know that I got that connection with that teacher. I know they care. I know they're doing what's best for me. So you know what? I'm going to I'm going to maintain 
and go through that wall with them because I trust them because we have that relationship. Oh yeah. I love that dude. Everything you said there was just amazing. You know, it just kind of reminds me back when I was in the classroom too, as well, just those experiences you're, and you're right. You know, the, those first two weeks was really just getting to know the students and making them feel welcome. And it does, like you said, save you a lot of time and energy later on in the long run. So now let's talk a little bit now, you know, you're, you're going to college, you, you're going through the college of education, you come out, you know, tell me a little bit about your first teaching job. And if you can also tell me what is one thing that you wish you knew before you started, you know, teaching and started your teaching career. Yeah. Yes. So when I came out, um, my first teaching job. And I think people could say, you know, I like to say I still look young for my age, but I am in my thirties now. So <laughs> I say that all joking aside to, to kind of show the spectrum. So you would think like, okay, you know, I relatively started my career 10 plus years ago. Right. And so it's not that long ago in the, the grand scheme of things. Right. So when I finished up, I remember there were like school systems who remain nameless. You know, I'm not gonna not gonna call anybody out that wouldn't hire me um, because at the time, like I actually have. You can't see it on here, but I have like visible tattoos. Mm -hmm. I think I still had. I still was wearing earrings back in the day. And I remember, I remember one HR director saying to me, "You know what you're talking about, and you're really good. Our policies just aren't set up where I can I can hire you." And I remember kind of thinking to myself like. Man, really? Like, and and I remember it it stuck with me, and I appreciated her honesty. I want you to know that. But it stuck with me because when we talk about relationships, I said, okay, so we're already framing certain people based on the way they look and based on what they're bringing in. So we're not putting people in front of kids that might reflect some of our kids, right? And then we're also implicitly saying that isn't the image that we want to convey. So like that isn't what we want to have. Right. So you're already dismissing groups of kids. Right. And stakeholders. If, if you know that that's really I have the words to say it now. But back then, my little 20, 21 year old mind, I was remember kind of thinking, like, I can't believe that happened. So I say that to say I um got got a got a position in the district it's actually the district that i'm in now as a director and i tell you man i've worked in other districts and they've all been been amazing and i work with other people but as a collective knowing what i know now you know started my career and then coming full circle back to where i'm at now i can honestly say everybody i work with put students first like i've never i've never had a conversation with anybody where i questioned their decision on this, right? And I mean, I could say that because I've had the opportunity to be in a lot of different places, work with a lot of different people. So I'm very fortunate that like the, the leadership folks that I work with now, like the superintendent I work with now is amazing. Always putting students first, um, always builds people up. And it's funny because I even tell her the very first time we had a conversation she built a relationship with me. She looked out for me. And I was a young teacher and I was like, hey, you know, I think we were in one of those new teacher workshops. Right. And I think I said something like, uh, hey, so I think I should put like my cell phone number on here on the syllabus. So if kids have questions, they could call me. Right. 
Now, I think all of us know like that's that's not a smart idea. Right. But, you know, I'm going in with the right intentions. Right. And I remember the way she kind of said no without just like saying that was a stupid idea. She, from there, we just built that relationship. And I always crack on her and bring that up because it started there and how things have come full circle. Like when you invest in people, right? Even not just as a student, but then you talk about staff, right? So now taking it full circle to like the question at hand, like what what I knew, know now that I wish I knew then, I wish I would prioritize relationships even more. Like I did, like I knew relationships were important, but now any position, any role, any meeting that I have, Anytime I'm connected with people in the in the front of my mind, it's like, OK, do I have a relationship with them? Do I have a sour relationship with them? has something happened that might turn this relationship? Because sometimes we don't talk about that. Right. You know, we say like, hey, we want to build relationships, but not all relationships are positive. Sometimes you have a bad relationship with somebody or something happens that can put it in a negative light. So I always try to operate from that mindset because um I mean, it, it helps. I can honestly say on here, I was in a situation before where I didn't build relationships, right? I can honestly say that now. Like it was a time when I was still a building administrator in a role and I went in, like I think meeting with the teachers, talking about data, like, hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, do this. And I remember it was just like negative. They, they hated it, they were all mad. And I remember talking to the principal and I was like, hey, I don't understand. Like, you know, the data's showing this. and and this is what we need to do, blah, blah, blah. And I remember she told me, and at the time, it, I didn't absorb it, you know, now hindsight 2020. And she said, you know, Matt, you just need to slow down and build that relationship first. Like, you just need to get to know them. And knowing what I know now and reflecting on that, she, she was right on the money. And it's that way if you're in administration, it's that way if you're still in the classroom. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It all starts with building those relationships. Nice. I, I, I want to touch back on something that you said, you know, having your leaders build you up like they saw that potential in you as well. You know, how important was that for you that as you're coming up, you know, from a teacher and then all of a sudden, you know, pursuing, you know, a, a higher position and all of that, you know, did you have that support, those mentors that were there to build you up? And and if so, how what? I mean, what's the, the big difference that it made for you, the impact that it made on you? Gotcha. I, I will say I have them or I had them and I still have them. OK, so I had those mentors that was coming through and I still have them. Um, and one thing I think we all kid ourselves on is you, you don't know what you don't know. Like you, you make assumptions. Right. We all make assumptions like, hey, when I go in, when I go, when I become a teacher, I ain't gonna be like that 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 bad relationship I had with that teacher. You know, I'm gonna be that that cool teacher. I'm gonna be the teacher that all the kids love. You know, I hear, especially newbie teacher, I hear them say that all the time. And same thing even with, you know, administrators. And one thing for me that has always helped me is just listening to their experiences and their stories. Doesn't mean I'll still make the same decisions, but you you gotta have. I think at the end of the day you got to have respect for somebody who's done it, who's walked in those shoes. You know, like you might disagree on some of their decisions, but you can never take experience from folks. Right. And I think sometimes we kid ourselves 
because experience, I think that term special education gets used too loosely. Right. You know, um, and what I mean by that and like for the listeners out there, like you'll often hear people say, like, I got 15, 20 years of experience. Right. And then you say, OK, break that experience down. OK, you, you've only taught one grade. You've been in one building. Um, you haven't really done any type of leadership positions. And I'm just saying hypothetically, if you're going into a leadership position. Right. So, yes, you have experience. But when we examine that definition of experience, you don't have that differentiated experience we're talking about. So especially when you talk about going into leadership roles. Right. And then going into, you know, different buildings, different levels, elementary, middle, high uh, district level. When you talk about um, different communities, knowing how your stakeholders are and stuff. If you don't have certain experiences, you should automatically be linking up with people and say, hey, Fonz, how, how did you navigate this? How did you do this? Tell, tell me your story about what you did. And then you just need to file that in the back of your brain and think about, OK, what steps did they take and what are things that I, maybe I could do differently to either be as successful as that person or take it up a notch? Um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of times folks don't do that. Um, and it really comes back to to haunt them. But I've been very fortunate that I've had great mentors who, like I said, I can pick the phone up. I'll call them, run stuff by them. Even when I think I might know the best decision, I'll still call them. Hey, I just want to. Can I ask you this? Like off record, what, what do you think about X, Y and Z? Like, have you seen this or da da da? And, and it never fails. They'll always say something to me where it's kind of like I didn't think about that. Let me let me consider that as I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do. Oh, man, that is awesome. That's really important. And, you know, likewise, I, and kind of like what you said there kind of resonated, like the first time I called you and we were talking about, you know, that this, the topic about the research and then hearing your experience, I left that and I was like, oh, man, I kind of maybe been looking at things a little bit different because of that experience and things of that sort. So it's always great to just have people. And, and I think it's important too to go straight to the source. If you need information, if you need help, Go straight to the source, ask and and learn. And I think that's something that oftentimes uh, possibly educators, you know, feel a little, you know, just reluctant by because it's like, well, how am I going to go ask, you know, the assistant superintendent or, you know, what if they don't have time? What if they do this? What if they, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, and sometimes you'd be surprised at the, the answers that you'll get that'll just kind of like, boom, just blow you away because of the experience that they have. So that's great, man. That's awesome. But I want to go ahead and kind of just change gears a bit because I know that we had some great news, at least, you know, seen from your Twitter feed, your posts and everything. And uh, for many of our audience members that are viewing right now or are listening, they may not be aware that our guest today, Matthew Woods, is an author and uh, he does have a series, uh, come or he does have a series already, and now it's coming out through, well, I won't spoil the surprise, but I, that's why the, the title of the show is called I Want to Be. So, Matt, talk to us a little bit about this, this project, what happened, share the news with us. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> like I said, man, I'm excited about it. Um, the project really started probably about a year ago, year or so ago. Um, you know, my son... Uh, um, he's he's uh, mixed. He's biracial. You know, my wife is white. And um, what happens, I think a lot of times when you become a parent, you really start seeing things really differently. Right. And I know we always talk about visual representation, diversity, what that means. But 
one thing that that I noticed, and I kind of knew this beforehand, right? Being an educator, but now really seeing is like I really don't see things that really reflect him. I don't see things that he could kind of pick up and say, like, hey, that's me. Like, and and I think sometimes we kid ourselves when we don't think and be strategic, right, about what we put in front of front of our children, right? Because uh, marketing, as like, you know, your background, social media, th those things take on a life of its own and it really does influence people. So I never forget my wife had uh, surprised me with this book like, for my birthday where it was um, one of those where it's like they kind of make you into the book with your child and you're kind of reading it. And, you know, it was nice. And I was reading through it and I was like, man, I could have I could have done something better than this. And she was like, oh, really? Well, why don't you go write a book? So I was like, OK, I will. And literally, man, that's how I started. So I just started scripting it out. And one of the other things I was passionate about is, and you know, as being an educator as well, you'll have folks who want the best for their kids. And they'll say like, I want my kid to be this. I want my kid to be that. But then a lot of times people don't know that hidden curriculum or those other little steps you have to take to get to what you're trying to do. Like, you know, I hear people tell me all the time, like, I want to be a lawyer. Okay. Do you know about the bar exam? Do you know about the license test you got to take? Do you know after you get your bachelor's degree, you got to go get your Juris Doctor? What is a Juris Doctor? I mean, it's just certain things in terminology that you have to expose parents to and kids to. And that doesn't mean you should expect every child to say, like, I'm going to be this or I'm going to be this. And I know every step. No. But if they hear that vocabulary, they get exposed to or they hear someone say, yeah, you need to do an internship. OK, what is an internship? Right there, that's taking you down another rabbit hole. And then that internship is going to lead to networking opportunities, which will come full circle once you finish your degree or whatever you get specialized into. So those are the two big premises behind the series for each one. And yeah, man, we've, we've already scripted out five of them. Um, I'm actually working on the, the next two scripts as well. Um, and the other cool thing about it is I think folks really like is that my son is the, the star character of it. So the first four books in the series, um, I've actually kind of written when he was one. So the, the little head that you see on there and you'll see him like wearing a suit and everything, but still got his baby face. That was what he looked like when he was one. Starting with book five and then several others, you're actually then going to see um, him now as he's two years old. So the series is really going to grow with them. So those are just kind of the covers up. Uh, yeah, you're on my Those are the covers up right there. They're just as placeholders. Um, so if anybody's looking, it's not actually on Amazon um, on there quite yet. Um, like I said, I had an amazing conversation with uh, Brian, who's the head of uh, Codebreaker. Shout out, Brian, if you're listening. Um, we were just looking at the drafts the other day and, I mean, man, it, it, it's really a blessing because I had a friend of mine reach out to me when he saw that I, you know, signed with him for the deal and said, man, we were talking about this a year ago and you were telling me what you were envisioning. And he's like, dude, it's just surreal to kind of see now that full circle, you're really making it happen. So I'm excited about it. I appreciate all the love, all the, the teachers, the, the school systems that have reached out to me that are excited about um, the book and and what they they can use it for with their kids to inspire them. I mean, it just means so much to me. So.
Awesome. Well, let's give a shout out to AJ Bianco, who's joining us right now on Facebook. And of course, Brian, who's been watching on Facebook as well, commenting. So big shout out to AJ, who says, two rock stars here. So proud of you both, man. AJ, AJ is an amazing, amazing gentleman. I mean, a he friend. Is. He is so supportive and he is one of the guys also much like you that I look up to and I'll, you know, text him every once in a while, get ideas and so on. And of course, we know Brian. Brian is everywhere. Brian is yeah. everywhere at all times. And it's just amazing how he keeps track of everything that he's doing. But big shout out to Brian for, you know, yes. all the work that he's doing with uh, Codebreaker EDU and, uh, you know, everything, all of his projects. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. So, I mean, it's so great to hear. And, and one thing that, again, like you said, your friends telling you like hey you know a year ago like these are the things that that you were talking about and now just to see them come to fruition i know that that's definitely very exciting and especially with this project you know it's going to grow kind of right along with your son which is great that as he continues and i hope you just take this as far as you can and you know as he continues to grow i think that is just a wonderful wonderful project and uh you know something that is going to serve our educator community and actually all communities in just a, a very powerful way. So I'm just really thankful for your project and the work that you're doing with that, man. And just how you just got inspired. You just said, eh, you know what, I can do something a little bit better. And you're like, your wife was like, really? So, all right, challenge accepted. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah. That That is great. All right, my friend. Well, let's go ahead and um, continue just talking about, you know, just some overall questions based on education. But I wanted to ask you, like currently right now, whether it's professionally or personally, you know, actually, let's go with professionally first, because this will be the question that I'd like to ask. But currently, what is your edu kryptonite? What is it maybe that one thing or those couple of things that maybe you hear and it just uh, just weakens you and you're like, oh, you know, what would you say your edu kryptonite would be? Man, my edu kryptonite, that's a good question. Um, it really has to be when folks are dismissive about the whole child, when, when folks just assume that a kid should walk in and care about what you're what you're talking about like and it it, it always it, it, it like it, it it burns me man it, it always sticks out like a sore thumb because i'm like what kid walks into a class and wants to care about algebra a kid walks to a class and i'm like i said i taught world history too I love world history too. It's my thing. 1500 AD, all the present day. That was my, no kid is coming in saying, yo, Mr. Woods, I'm excited to learn about the Renaissance today, man, the reformation and what they did to the Catholic church. Hey, sign me up right now. You, you know, so you've got to build that relationship and then you've also got to tie it to something that's relevant in kids' lives to, to make them want to be hooked on it. You know, because like we understand why it's important, right? And and like I said, for my math folks out there, it was like, oh man, he had to start off with algebra. Look, your boy loves algebra. I'm not not dissing you on that, but I'm saying we've got to start with something that we know that kids care about immediately. Usually, something going on in their their communities, something going on 
like relevant to them right now. I mean, I don't even care if you pull something from social media because, you know, all the kids are tweeting about it. But if that can be the hook for what you're talking about, then it's going to stick in their head. Right. And unfortunately, we've all fall victim because I remember sometimes I would, too. You know, I walk in and like, hey, guys, look, winter break's coming up in a couple of days. Look, we got to knock out this unit. We pew, pew, pew. I'm going to put these bullet points up. I need you to copy this PowerPoint. And then hindsight, I'd end up having to review again. They didn't remember it. They were just going along to go along with me because they're like, all right, Mr. Woods needs us to do this real quick because I had that relationship, right? So they were with me to a point, but then I really started to see that that's just not how it's going to stick because the most important thing isn't just delivering the instruction, but you got to get it to stick in their heads, right? You know, one of the best teachers I had, uh, Miss Heath, back in third grade, Everything she did in third grade stuck. And I'm talking about third grade. How many of us can remember the lessons you did in third grade? I remember how she taught me cursing. I remember for uh, Christmas break, we did the vocabulary game, shooting a little elf through the hoop. I mean, like I can name 10 or 12 different lessons like that off the get go from third grade. But she always connected it to stuff and, and made it relevant. And I think to myself sometimes, because a lot of times we're very dismissive. Hey, kids at those younger ages, they're not going to remember some of this stuff. But then I always tell people, I remember all my stuff in third grade. Now, the rest of it gets kind of shaky. And then I think about, like when I had Dr. Norman, I remember all the stuff I did in my education courses because we had that kind of relationship. I remember uh, Mr. Mark Hatcher, uh, one of my history teachers at uh, Franklin County High School, where I went to school at. I remember all the lessons he did with us because when folks make it relevant and make it stick and have that relationship with you, you're planting the seeds where it's just going to carry with those kids moving forward. Nice. Well, I like this. Uh, AJ chimed in with a great quote from Josh Tovar, who's also an amazing administrator, says, kids don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. That's uh, some pretty good, uh, that's the wisdom nugget right there that you can definitely take. And it just comes back from to relationships and creating that learning experience. And that's one thing that I, you know, with you, uh, Matt, what you were just talking about, how you remember that, it's because you, that teacher, she created that learning experience for you, that relationship, all of that, those connections that were relevant. And that's so important right now, a way to, uh, foster that collaborative environment. And like you said, very important, tying it in to what is relevant today, what is happening, and engaging them in that hook. And I think oftentimes as teachers, you get into your comfort zone and you're, you teach your lesson, you already have your lessons from the year before, and you really kind of don't step out of your box or look at to the climate of the way things are and seeing how you can use some of that to bring into your classroom to engage your students and making it relevant to them. Uh, you know, like you said, sometimes teachers say, well, I've had, I have 15 years of teaching experience, but like you said, they're, they've been in the same building teaching the same subject and sometimes maybe even teaching the same lesson for 15 years. So, you know, we really as educators always have to be creative, think in an innovative way, step outside our box a little. Well, as long as like one thing that I've learned from you is, we need to stay on the within our sandbox, meeting our standards, but they're just telling us what standards we need to cover. 
but we can teach it and be creative in the way that we teach it. So that's something I know I learned from you, and that really changed my whole mindset on that as well. I appreciate it. And, and if I can say, when we said the experience, I want to make sure I clarify that too, just in case of anybody. I'm not, when I said that earlier, not trying to take a knock at anybody if you've only been in like one place your whole career or majority of your career, et cetera. But what I mean is when, when folks make the broad term, I have all this experience, it's like, be very specific. What kind of experience do you have? Like I tell people, I have a very diverse range of experience, but I don't have experience at the elementary level. Like I, I don't have the classroom teaching experience at the elementary level. Like I've never ran elementary building. Like I, I make sure to tell people like, yeah, you know, I have this, this, this leadership experience, but, but I don't have that specific one and, and that's okay. So I know if it's something that specifically that would affect elementary folks, elementary principals, I need to pick up the phone and call one of them. I, I need to reach out to some folks I know and say, let me run this by you. How would this, how would this sit in? Cause I already know how the middle and high school folks can kind of play. Right. And then vice versa. And I think just being very transparent with people, and very honest, you know, like you rarely come across someone who has served in like every kind of role, right? Position. I think like like the superintendent I currently work for, she's actually served, I think, in like every like position pretty much before she taken the top job. So it's 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 interesting because there's so much wealth of experience that sometimes I just sit back like a sponge, like, man, how many folks can say they've done all these different things? And I mean like that's a very powerful type of experience when when someone can say like, yo, I've sat in that role and done this and this is what I'm saying. Majority of us, that's just not the case. So you need to then know, OK, when do I need to put myself and surround myself with folks and bounce ideas off other people who are bringing in diverse experiences um, that can help inform the decisions that we're making? Nice. Well, thank you for clarifying that, because that definitely will be maybe somebody listen and be like, oh, and then so I appreciate you clarifying that for all our audience members and people that are viewing. And uh, so I wanted to talk to you also about your podcast, you know, and uh, you've got a great podcast. You've got great guests, great topics. So tell us a little bit about how you decided to start your podcast. You what inspired you to get into podcasting? Definitely. So the podcast actually started. um Several, several years ago, we had um, different, I had different folks make comments to me and reach out. Um, they're like, hey, Matt, you know, you've just got a diverse perspective on things, man. You, you should like write a blog. I had a buddy grasp, was like, you should write a blog. I'm like, I don't really like writing blogs. This is not my thing. And uh, he said, you should do a podcast. I really don't want to do a podcast. I don't, at the time, I didn't really listen to podcasts. So then over time, what started to happen was I, I had these thoughts and these ideas about different things. I just wanted to reflect on them. And then I wanted to connect with different people to reflect on different ideas. And yeah, and that's kind of really kind of sparked, man. It's not, it, it was kind of several different sidebar conversations and it, and it turned into um, leading out the woods because the running joke, my buddy would always say is we would talk about something and he would always say, man, you're just leading you're just leading me out the woods. And it just kind of stuck, you know, it kind of runs. Like, I mean, it, it kind of kind of catchy. So, so yeah, man. And, and that's how it started. And the, the podcast, I mean, that's amazing. Like 
it's blown up to proportions. I, I just couldn't even imagine. I mean, you know, it went from like me trying to reach out like, hey, man, I'd love for you to be a guest. Da, da, da. Or now I have listeners just like, hey, we talked to so and so. They want to be on the show. Um, you need to connect with this person. So it's it's been amazing. And yeah, we've had we've had a lot of great, innovative educators from around the country on there. Um, we have listeners all over the country that reach out, um, that drops e- emails to me, DMs, just just thanking me, giving me ideas for the content. So shout out any of the listeners. I'm on my podcast. We reach out and say, hey, Matt, here's a, a topic or item you should dive into or reflect on and link up with people. And uh, yeah, man, it's just been a great experience. Um, I, I often say on there, and I hope folks don't think I'm joking around, um, because the podcast is just audio, but normally we record it video, right? Like on Zoom. Mm-hmm. But usually I'm sitting there with my pen out taking notes and I'm listening to what folks are saying and I'm taking notes myself and then kind of thinking about how can I use that in my toolbox to make better decisions and be a better educator. So, so man, the podcast has been been amazing. Um, thank everybody for the support. And yeah, we're just going to keep it going. Definitely. And uh, I did pop in the link here in our comment section. So people, when they rewatch the video and everything like that, I'll pop in the link into the show notes. So you can go ahead and find Matt's podcast there and just the amazing guests that he has, the amazing topics. And really, I mean, it's just diverse collection of topics that will really help you and really inspire you and really just give you some more knowledge. As I said, you know, listening through some of these episodes, just the things that I pick up on and really help me understand, you know, a little bit more about the education setting, but into that, that next level and really diving in deep. So really appreciate what it is that you're doing. So, uh, Oh, it says Josh Tobar is joining us. Thank you, Josh, for joining us says, hey, didn't know about this. Oh, Josh, well, now you know. Make sure that you check out leanoutthewoods.com so you can go ahead and uh, check out Matt's podcast there. Thank you for joining us, Josh. Appreciate you, my friend, and the work that you're doing as well. Um, All right, so just to kind of wind down as we're getting ready to really close up our show, you know, just a couple of questions just to kind of lighten things up a little bit. But before we do that, uh, you know, just out of curiosity, Matt, because you've done so much in... And I, I don't know, I want to say you said 10 years, you've been able to accomplish so much in 10 years, you know, in education, you can, you know, you're young, you're, you know, and I know that this is the end, it isn't the end of the road for you and you're going to continue going, but you know, where, where do you see yourself in five years? Have you ever thought about that? Or maybe is this the first, first time you're thinking about that for right now? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I've always said that the number one thing that's been at the front of my mind is, just doing good work and, and helping students in any capacity. And if I get the, the skills or the capacity to help in a different role, then I would be open to it. I don't really um, say like, yeah, I'm gunning for this, gunning for that. And I just kind of just want to do good work. And to give you an example, if you can hear somebody cry in the background, my son actually just got dropped off down here with me. That's my wife awesome. got a rental. Hair appointment. Hey, if he wants to oh. say hi, you can get him on and say hi. Yeah. But he, um, he, sorry about that, but he is, um, but yeah, that's kind of where it comes from. Just, just doing good work. Um, I, I really, like I said, I don't want to feel like I'm not answering the question. I really don't just say like, this is where I want to be in a couple of years. Um, Cause I used to have goals like that. And I think those are too static. I feel like just, if you do good work, good things will happen. Um, kind of like with the book 
the book series. I just wanted to put things out and get do something for my son that could help other kids and look what it turned into. So well that's good. I mean it really it's it's a great answer. It's great, you know, perspective on things. And I think what you said, you know, fairly simple. Just continue doing good work. Good things will happen when you continue to do that. So that's great. All right. And then a, one, a couple of more questions here. It says, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Um, if building relationships matter, just, nice. just straight to the point, building relationships matter. Um, I think that's, the the most important thing and long as you continue to do that everything else will fall into place oh man it's good that's good i really appreciate that sorry about that man but hey uh, if you need to grab them go ahead and grab them dude no worries it's all good it's all part of you know maybe he wants to come out he's, and he'll want to come and wave and say hi <laughs> well he's he's just playing with stories right now he's not too happy but after Aww. I get off here, I'll probably read him a book and Aww, we'll sounds get some good, man. Good. Sounds good. All right, my friend. Well, I, I, I don't want to take you away from your, your daddy duties and everything that you got to do. Uh, but again, Josh Tovar also relationships only thing. There you go for billboard. So Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and just really sharing your knowledge, sharing your stories with all our audience members, all our viewers and, um, you know, I'll definitely be putting up all the links here where people can contact you. And, uh, you know, again, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Definitely. Hey, Fonz, hold on one quick yes, second because he's reaching. I'll just let you, let you give him a shout out real quick. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So as you notice, it's a live show and this is amazing part. Oh, look at that. Oh, man. There is little man right there. How are you doing? Hi. Say hey, bud. Oh, he wants mommy. Yeah, he's a little mad right now. Yeah. yeah. Hi. <laughs> no worries, yeah, little real, man. Real life, folks. Real life. We hey, are live. So. They, we are live. And that's what it's all about, man. No worries. This is authentic. This is genuine. But again, Matt, thank you so much for being very authentic, very genuine, very open, and for your willingness to help. And again, just continue doing good work, man. You're doing some amazing things that are inspiring educators such as myself and other educators in our education circle and our education space. So I really appreciate you for what you do, man. Gotcha, man. I appreciate it. Thank you again for having me. Anybody wants to reach out to me, best way to get at me is my website, www.leadingoutthewoods.com, or you can hit my um, email up, leadingoutthewoods at gmail.com. Always love to connect and collaborate. Excellent. Well, thank you, everybody. I really appreciate you, Matt. Appreciate every single one of you that are going to be watching this later on or listening to this later on. You can always go to myedtech.life. You will find the episode up in about 30 minutes or so, and you'll be ready to go. And again, thank you for everything that you've done and so showing our show some support. As you know, this is our passion to just bring amazing educators to you, hear their stories, get inspired by, by them, and then just Take what you can learn and add it to your practice and that, you know, that as a little bit of seasoning to what you already do great. So thank you all. We'll see you guys next time. And don't forget, stay techie, my friends.